Thank you for joining us in this episode of The Cuban Connection. My name is Felix Chevalier. In this episode, we'll be discussing part two of the interviews we conducted during the Cuba Energy, Oil and Gas Conference. Support for this program comes from the Digital Broadcasting Network, presenting podcasts and web series from everyday people who have an extraordinary passion to make the world a better place. So in this episode, you will hear from two individuals that we had the opportunity to interview during the Cuba Energy Oil and Gas Conference. The first individual who I'll be interviewing is Lee Hunt. Lee Hunt is the partner of Hunt Petty. Uh, Lee Hunt is also the former director of the International Association of Drilling Contractors. Lee Hunt has been collaborating with the Cuban government to come up with a collaborative response in the event of a future oil spill in the Gulf. The second person I'll be interviewing is Peter Strickland, CEO of Melbana Energy, based out of Australia. Melbana Energy is actually conducting business in Cuba, uh, and Peter Strickland will provide some insight on the process and how things are going with doing business in Cuba. We hope you enjoy it. So Lee, thank you for joining the Cuban Connection. I know you've been working on projects in Cuba for quite some time. We are right now in Havana at the Malia Cohiba during the Cuba Energy Oil and Gas Conference. I, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, Lee, why don't you introduce uh, yourself to everyone, tell them about your background and uh, about your company as well and, and your efforts in Cuba. All right, I've been coming to Cuba since uh, 2010. Uh, I was at that time president of the International Association of Drilling Contractors, IEDC, and we came to Cuba following the BP Macondo oil spill to do an informal evaluation of Cuba's capability to respond to oil spills as they began their offshore drilling programs. Uh, I've been coming back since for the last seven years, uh, since my retirement in 2013 from IEDC, I formed a partnership with uh, my former uh, Executive Vice President for Government Affairs, Brian Petty, to form Hunt Petty. We do policy consulting in Cuba-U.S. relations. We focus heavily on issues of oil spill preparedness and response. So that's our game right now. Uh, during our workshop that we hosted on uh, Tuesday here during the conference, uh, you made reference to a particular code uh, within the U.S. Uh, code that is. Uh, can you share that code with us and what significance it has? Yes, I believe it is section 746.2 of the U.S. Code issued by the Department of Commerce giving guidance to BIS, the Bureau of Industry and Security. And it states quite simply that an exception to the U.S. embargo of Cuba is to permit and to look favorably upon application for export from the U.S. to Cuba of items whose purpose is the prevention of pollution of the land, air, and seas of Cuba and the U.S., paraphrased. What that means in the space I work in, uh, oil field spill containment, spill capture, uh, spill contamination, spill disposal items can be exported to Cuba. Uh, this is important because the U.S. is the leader in the technology for these sure. items. Uh, it behooves the United States to have this policy because uh, 
rapid, effective response in Cuba of an oil spill is for the ultimate benefit and protection of the U.S. coastlines in Florida. Have you seen any activity from companies in the United States taking advantage of that provision? There are minimal. There's more interest than there is actual activity. Uh, one of the reasons for the slowness right now is they're waiting until issuance of the new regulations uh, identifying those entities in Cuba which will be banned from trading relationships. I don't think it's going to genuinely affect U.S. oil field service companies and suppliers. The regulations stand as they were under Obama. Cupet is not controlled by the military. Uh, there are independent oil and gas companies here with whom they can trade, as well as several um, buying and procurement companies here. Now, dealt with. now uh, you mentioned Coupet. Coupet is the uh, commercial arm of the Cuban government that facilitates uh, trading uh, and other uh, commercial activities for the Cuban government. Uh, Coupet actually stands for Cuba Petroleum. Coupet right. is the abbreviated version of it. Obviously, there are con companies from other countries around the world that are uh, obviously operating in Cuba, including multinational corporations, which have a significant presence in the United States. To what extent, if any, have you seen those multinational, multinational corporations doing more business in Cuba, specifically the ones who have major operations in the United States? And I'm not asking you to yeah, name any of them. No, I, I was going to say among the uh, Canadian, Chinese, Australian, uh, Russian, uh, and now English and Irish companies, increasing interest in Cuba. Uh, their predictions, their seismic is becoming more credible. Their production sharing agreements are becoming more attractive. Uh, and their policies are really very favorable to foreign investment. U.S. exploration companies can't come here yet. They are interested, but they can't come here. So what you have in the U.S. are largely service companies, technology companies, who again uh, focus on the prevention of pollution rather than just simple drilling efficiency. Uh, there is interest. It's a little bit of a wait-and-see game at the moment for the next few months to see how the uh, Commerce Department actually writes the new regulations. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and just for those who are going to be watching and or listening, uh, the regulations you're referring to are as a result of the announcement that President Trump made on Correct. June the 16th uh, regarding his policy towards Cuba. Right, and, and, and most of the policy uh, that was developed under Obama was left intact. It was not referenced for change, so it stands as it was. And that has to do with the 180-day rule for ships transiting back and forth from the U.S. to Cuba. It stands for uh, this policy of uh, favorable treatment of pollution equipment. Uh, it uh, basically continues to enable uh, conferences, business travel, business negotiations. So. As far as the oil field services and trade companies go between the U.S. and Cuba, there are no new inhibitions imposed by the Trump administration. During our workshop, uh, during your panel, I asked you a question, and the question was, uh, and I'll give some context first, in the United States, the agriculture industry has been 
uh, frankly, very proactive in advancing uh, the industry in its efforts to enter the Cuban marketplace. In fact, there is currently a, a number of bills circulating around Congress to try to allow agriculture companies in the United States to finance the, the selling of their products to uh, Cuba. Uh, what I, my question to you was, what would, do you think uh, or do you believe it would be a good thing if we were able to launch a comparable organization uh, such as the United States Energy Coalition for Cuba, just mirroring what the agriculture industry did to help advance not only lifting the embargo, but of course facilitate business between the United States and Cuba, specifically for the energy sector? It's always benefit in amalgamation and concentration of interests. Um, while agriculture has a broader sweep of representatives in the Congress than oil and gas does, uh, the representatives from oil and gas states, both majority and minority, sit in a number of very important positions that uh, could certainly be persuasive. Uh, as far as rolling back the embargo, I don't think anyone has any uh, real hope of that anytime soon. However, in terms of creating exemptions and exceptions, I think there's a, a, a strong flavor for doing that because there's a strong flavor to enable and enhance U.S. business globally. And in, in the oil field sense, opening Cuba to U.S. trade in the oil services sector is roughly equivalent to adding another major U.S. producing state. If you look at the number of rigs, number of wells, uh, the level of activity, it would be like adding another Texas or another Oklahoma, Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas. So it's not an insignificant amount of business. I think in this market downturn, anytime you could add another large customer, it would be interesting <laughs> absolutely. to you. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Lee, uh, several months ago when I shared with you that we were our firm, uh, the Chevalier Law Firm, was asked by uh, the conference organizers to participate in the Cuba Energy Oil and Gas Conference, uh, one of the very first phone calls I made was to you uh, because I knew how engaged you were in the process of uh, facilitating or taking advantage of the uh, new provision that was included in the regulations uh, issued by uh, uh, President Obama through the Department of Commerce. And so I want to thank you again for participating. You're quite welcome. I really do appreciate you participating in the workshop. Uh, uh, sharing your uh, experiences and expertise and frankly leading the charge because I think people uh, are not really aware of how significant a role you're playing in ushering in uh, 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 relationships and facilitating an environment where more U.S. companies, particularly in the oil fuel services, uh, can uh, help advance uh, these objectives, particularly for not only advancing business, but more importantly, uh, preserving our environment. Yes. Thank you very much. Lee, if someone wanted to uh, reach out to you to learn more about what uh, your company does or your particular efforts, how can they contact you or your organization? They can basically uh, do com for our website uh, or my personal email, lee at leehuntllc.com. Okay. I'm responsive. Well, Lee, again, thank you for your time. I appreciate thank you, it. Felix. Appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. Thank you. So, Peter, thank you for joining the Cuban Connection. Uh, 
I really appreciate you taking the time to visit with us. I wanted to uh, just have a start by you introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your company. Thank you and, and welcome. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, my name's Peter Stickland. Uh, I'm the Managing Director of Melbourne Energy. Uh, we're an Australian listed uh, oil and gas company uh, focused on exploration. And uh, we have a number of projects in, um, in Australia and New Zealand at the exploration stage. And also probably our premier project is our, uh, our, our exploration project here in Cuba. Interesting. So uh, a little background on yourself, Peter. I understand you are from Houston. Are you spent time in Houston? Yeah, I did. I spent a few years in Houston. Um, I'm a geologist by training. Um, I trained at, uh, in, in, in Melbourne in Australia. Uh, and uh, I spent many years working with BHP um, in, in Australia and also a three years uh, three year stint in, in Houston, uh, which we have very fond memories of. And, um, and then back to Australia and then the last 10 years or so I've worked in, uh, in smaller companies uh, um, in Australia, uh, one in Perth which was focused on Australia and Southeast Asia and then the last few years uh, back in Melbourne uh, where I've been working for uh, um, uh, Melbourne. Um, with uh, Australia and now Cuba Focus. So, of course, uh, most companies that are here are here for the purpose of exploring whether or not they're going to uh, really move forward in uh, exploring opportunities and engaging in opportunities to mm. do business in Cuba. Uh, your situation is a little bit different because you're actually operating in Cuba. Uh, before we talk about your experience in Cuba, can you let us uh, in on a little bit of how you went into the process of determining whether or not, first of all, why, why were you curious about Cuba? And then secondly, uh, what made you decide this was a, the right market for you to enter? Mm. So we went through a process uh, in, in 2012, in fact, where we looked at the skill set we had as an organization, uh, where we thought that what made us distinctive was the exploration team we had and, and their ability to explore in a, in a style of geology called, uh, called fold belts, like um, uh, the foothills of the Rockies, mm-hmm. um, uh, Papua New Guinea, um, Iran, Iraq, those sort of settings. So we thought we had a skill set that could, op- could apply there. And we said, well, where in the world can we apply that skill set where there are still potential for really large-scale uh, discoveries? And uh, Cuba was one of two or three places we identified that we thought had that scale of potential. And we did some preliminary investigations. And uh, Cuba was the opportunity that stood tall through that process. Um, And so we started in 2013 with the pre-qualification process with uh, the Cuban regulatory authorities. Um, And then direct negotiation on a block um, that we identified as a high potential block um, that led to the award of uh, the Block 9 uh, production sharing contract. Is this in the Mariel zone? No, no, this is a, our Block uh, Block 9 is uh, about 30 kilometres east of the Varadero oil field. So from Havana, you know, it's about a uh, two hour drive east um, from is where we are. So, so that's, that, that's the location of the area and, and so we signed the production sharing contract in, in September of 2015. When we were at dinner uh, Tuesday night, mm. uh, we talked a little bit more about this. Uh, can you share how has your experience been since you signed the production contract? Mm. So, uh, uh, I guess every country has its unique characteristics of how how how, how to do business. And uh, you know, we spent the first two years uh, on the project uh, in you know in a phase of data gathering, 
and, and technical desktop studies, uh, evaluation of the, of the potential of the area. But it also meant establishing ourselves here in Cuba. Um, uh, and you know, some of the challenges uh, you know, that, uh, 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 to do that are like uh, getting a bank account. Sure. Um, and, and that took some considerable time because our, our, our company documents needed to be translated into Spanish. Um, and then, uh, and then um, protocolized and signed off by the embassy before the, the before the bank would then accept them as bona fide, um, and that uh, they were then comfortable in terms of their their procedures and their protections um, to then open a bank account. So you know things that uh, in a home market might take twenty four hours took several months, and um, uh, you know it's one of the one of the features of Cuba that I, I have been impressed with is. Uh, their, their, their scrutiny and their concern about um, uh, having no corruption. You know, it's, it's a very a transparent place to do business in that respect and that's something that we really appreciate. Sure, sure. Uh, that is something that uh, in America uh, we certainly appreciate. Mm. Uh, that's one of the reasons why many American companies are very apprehensive to uh, explore the different uh, foreign markets because of uh, corruption in, in which you hear consistently here in Cuba is that uh, th that is not tolerated here. No, indeed. And look, uh, in the U.S. and Australia is the same. That you know, if as an Australian company, if, if we in, if we uh, engage in corrupt practices in a, in a foreign jurisdiction, you know, we can go to jail in Australia. And, and the U.S. companies that face yeah, the same yeah, issues. Yeah. So, so we all we all got to. Uh, you know, and, 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 and in some other some other destinations. That's still a challenge. I mean, so, so we, we walked away from some countries because we just felt we couldn't uh, get comfortable with the way business was done. Uh, that's not the case in Cuba. Yeah, it's interesting. In the United States, we have the Federal Corrupt Practices Act, mm. which uh, prohibits uh, U.S. companies from essentially bribing uh, officials in foreign nations. And in, in certain countries, it's very typical uh, for. Uh, uh, or customary even mm. for uh, government officials to receive gifts, if you will, mm. uh, from those who are interested in entering their marketplace. But if you do that and you're an American-based company, uh, even though that may be customary in a foreign nation, uh, you can be subject to uh, some serious fines and even maybe jail time in the United States if mm. uh, you do if you are found in a violation of the Federal Corrupt Practice Act. So uh, it's great to be in an environment where uh, you are less likely to encounter those situations. So where are you guys in the process? Where is uh, Melba now uh, in this process mm -hmm. as it's seeking to uh, explore for, uh, well, not explore opportunities, but actually literally explore uh, for uh, reserves? Indeed. Um, so... Uh, the PSC was signed in, in September of 2015, as I mentioned. Uh, the total uh, uh, life of the, of the contract is 25 years, with an eight and a half year expiration front end. Uh, when we signed the contract, we expected that we would have a, a two year study phase and then uh, seismic data acquisition, and then in the third sub period, years five and six, be drilling. Now, we've been quite fortunate. Um, with the, the results we've had so far in terms of the scale of the pen potential has not just exceeded our expectation where we see exploration potential on the block for of the order of 600 million barrels of conventional oil in, a, in an area which is proven so quite quite unique in the world I would suggest but the second thing that's 
surprised us and impressed us is that uh, there's sufficient uh, historical data in some of the areas on our block that we don't need more seismic before we select drilling targets. So in some areas, uh, we can proceed directly to drilling. So that's now what we're looking to do. Um, we've moved from the, the geological studies phase into more of a, a operational uh, preparation uh, stage um, to uh, get ourselves ready for drilling potentially mid-2018. So engineering studies, uh, um, uh, topographic surveys of, of, of locations, uh, permitting processes, uh, procurement of the major equipment items and so forth. We're now in that phase of the work um, over the next six months or so to get ourselves ready for drilling. Excellent. So how's the? Uh, so uh, of course we're here in Havana at the Cuba Energy Oil and Gas Conference, and uh, uh, how is how is the conference going for you so far? You spoke today. Uh, yesterday. Yesterday you spoke. Yeah. Yesterday yeah. Uh, we spoke in the morning, but you spoke yesterday afternoon. Uh, how's the conference been going for you thus far? I know you guys are a sponsor as well. You're you're listed on here somewhere. We're a bronze sponsor. Oh. That's uh, you're right we're on the, on the right hand side. Okay, there, yeah, yeah, you're right here too. Uh-huh. That's it. So, uh, how's the conference been going for you so far? Look, it's been a very useful event. Uh, I find these conferences uh, as much for the the official presentations, but it's the informal contacts that are extremely useful. Sure. Um, everything from uh, informal contacts, of course, with the Cuban regulators, but um, uh, other oil companies, uh, service providers, to some degree, uh, investors, and other and other uh, other specialists in, who are interested in Cuba. Uh, and and this is a you uh, know in, in a couple of days you're bringing together several hundred people sure. who, who all have have that ambition to understand Cuba better or to, to look for opportunities to to, to, to to build a business in Cuba. And so it's a great opportunity for us. And that's why we're very pleased to be able to sponsor them. Yeah, well, well, Peter, your company, Melba, is where most companies are looking to uh, operate. So, Peter, is there anything, that, anything else you would like to share about your experience here in Cuba? Look, uh, we've really enjoyed our experience here in Cuba so far. Um, uh, Cuba, as we've mentioned, uh, has, has many really positive aspects. I mean, from a geological aspect, I think the potential is really, really uh, extraordinary. Um, the, the people we get to work with uh, are, are highly educated, they're motivated, um, and they really want to see their, their, their country get, get ahead and succeed. So that's, that's a really uh, positive uh, step for working in Cuba. Um, uh, yeah, th- things take longer in Cuba from a, from a bureaucratic perspective than, than in some other jurisdictions. Um, so, so you know, Cuba does take a bit of patience, um, and uh, and but, but I think the rewards will be there in the end. Peter, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to visit with with us. Uh, if someone wanted to learn more about Melba, how can they go about doing that? So, yeah, uh, we uh, we have a website, uh, melbana.com. And uh, we're listed on the Australian Stock Exchange, um, so our public disclosure uh, through the Stock Exchange or through our website is, is quite comprehensive, and they can uh, they can certainly uh, gain a lot from that. And uh, they can contact us. We're based in Melbourne, Australia, so uh, just watch out for the time zone difference depending on where you're calling from. But we'd be more than happy to have a chat at any time. Well, we're happy to see that Melbana has the uh, opportunity. Uh, and they and is taking advantage of the opportunity to operate here in Cuba. We wish you guys uh, much success. And until next time, thank you, Peter. 
Uh, as you can see with Lee Hunt, he's been collaborating with uh, the Cuban government for quite some time and making sure that they come up with policies and procedures to figure out ways to address future emergency oil spills in the Gulf. And then uh, we talked to uh, uh, Peter Strickland out of Australia, managing director of Melbana Energy. As you can see, they're already operating in Cuba. Uh, they conducted their due diligence, assessed the opportunities, and moved forward. We wanted to make sure that we gave you some varying perspectives on companies who are uh, either just starting out looking to do business in Cuba, those who are collaborating with the Cuban government to uh, ensure safety mechanisms are in place in the event that uh, there is an oil spill in the Gulf. And uh, we interviewed uh, the CEO of a company who is actually already doing business in Cuba. We hope all of those interviews provided you some better context of how things are on the ground in Cuba. As always, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us at contact at thecubanconnection.org. Again, my name is Felix Chevalier. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't already done so, please take a moment to subscribe and leave your comments to The Cuban Connection on whichever podcasting service you use.